The National Desk, Conversations, America's News Now. I'm Jane Jeff Code, and welcome to Episode 7 of the National Desk Conversations. Every weekday, we invite newsmakers onto our morning television broadcast to discuss topics everybody's talking about. On today's podcast, we revisit our conversation with Congressman Byron Donalds, whose heated exchange with the chairwoman of the House Small Business Committee went viral. We talk about that moment and the dire economic consequences, he says, of Washington spending. But first, we begin with the big tech news that prompted our conversation with Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. Twitter has a new boss, and on day one, he did announce a new rule that has many users trying to figure out how they will be impacted. Parag Agrawal put a new policy in place, and it states, beginning today, we will not allow the sharing of private media, such as images or videos of private individuals without their consent. But now his own past comments are coming under scrutiny. In an interview last year, he said, our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation, and our moves are reflective of things that we believe lead to a healthier public conversation. The new policy to block images and video of private individuals now raising questions among journalists. They want to know if the policy would impact booking photos of suspects, surveillance video from crimes, undercover video, even student cell phone video like the one from the Michigan school rampage. New York Times bestselling author Andy No, who has nearly a million followers, wrote, Twitter support needs to clarify what this new policy specifically applies to. The policy, as I read it, gives arbiters at Twitter the ability to determine on a case-by-case -case basis what is in the public interest and what is not. The policy will be abused to silence journalists. Joining us now to share his thoughts, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, author of the new book, Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. Congressman Jordan, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. After that announcement, you wrote on Twitter, it looks like we might have gone from bad to worse. Some of Perot's yeah. comments raise concerns about his respect for free speech. So, Congressman, what steps are you prepared to take to protect free speech, not well, just on Twitter, but all social media platforms? Yeah, and what, we, when we posted that, that was before this new policy that Twitter just announced they're going to uh, put in place. So, remember, it was just a few years ago that Twitter said they were the free speech wing of the free speech party. Oh, how times have changed. So look, um, we all know that these social media platforms are the new public square. And, and if you're gonna, if they're gonna limit this kind of speech, if they're gonna limit what kind of videos you can put on there, it is definitely going to squelch our first amendment liberties in my judgment. And as Andy No rightly points out, uh, what if these kind of videos that, that were so important in the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse, what if they're not available? I mean, and, and no one no one can see those things. We can't get to the truth, can't get to the facts. So I'm very troubled by this. And it's why we're looking at, at, at a minimum, taking away their liability protection, so-called Section 230 legislation, and a host of other things as well. Congressman, should we be treating social media like a public utility with regards to regulations? We certainly should be treating them as, as the, the new public square and making sure that whether that is uh, greater transparency, for an individual to maybe bring a private right of action, whether it's speeding up antitrust actions in the court system so they get to the Supreme Court and we get a decision sooner, or as I just mentioned, let's at least pass to start with the Section 230, the, the liability protection that these companies have. Let's take that away from them. They shouldn't be immune from liability if they're gonna make these kind of editorial decisions. I think that's sort of fundamental. So all that has to happen so that we can have the robust debate that we're supposed to have in the United States of America. Why hasn't that already happened with Section 230? 
and Democrats won't go for it. I've introduced the bill. They just won't go for it. They they like censoring it. Remember, it was a few years ago. I get a call from a colleague, Matt Gates, and he says, Jim, Twitter is, uh, Twitter is shadow banning us. And I, at the time, I didn't frankly know what shadow banning was. Turned out they were doing Twitter was shadow banning four members of Congress. Now, remember, you got 435 members in the House, 100 in the Senate, 535, but only four, Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan. Interesting that the four they picked the shadow ban at a time when we were all trying to dig into this whole Mueller investigation, Russia, Trump investigation, all the baloney that the Democrats were doing, but only four of us. And Twitter's answer was, oh, it was just a glitch in our algorithm. And I was doing an interview, and I said, well, what'd you put in the algorithm? The name's Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan. I mean, give me a break. So this is the concern that they're going after conservatives, censoring conservatives, targeting uh, conservatives, and this policy that they just announced seems to be more of that. Congressman Jordan, very quickly, I also want to transition to Facebook because we did a story this morning that Facebook closed hundreds of Chinese accounts because of misinformation in regards to COVID-19, specifically connected to the origins and trying to take the blame away from China. What can lawmakers do? What can you do to hold China accountable as a result? Well, it would help if Dr. Fauci, the all-knowing Dr. Fauci, the guy who last Sunday said, I represent science, as if he was God speaking, I am science, it would be nice if he hadn't misled us for a year and a half about the origins of this virus, which we now know every all the evidence points to this thing came from a lab. So it'd be nice if we also didn't have the misinformation coming from Dr. Fauci for the last year and a half. So what we're going to do is when we win back the House, which I think is going to happen, there will be hearings, there will be an investigation into Dr. Fauci and the origins of this virus and the fact that he approved gain-of-function research to be done with American tax dollars in that Chinese lab. So if Republicans take back the House in 2022, you're prepared to hold Dr. Anthony Fauci accountable? Heck yeah, we're gonna be subpoenaing documents and having him come testify. Congressman Jordan, there has been a lot of talk regarding steps the Biden administration is taking in light of the Omicron variant. And you recently tweeted, quote, the left during the Trump administration, travel bans are racist. The left during the Biden administration, travel bans keep us safe. What a joke. What do you make yeah. of President Biden restricting travel to those uh, eight African countries? And also, what do you think is going to happen today when he is at NIH and announces some new travel restrictions? He'll probably continue to restrict our freedoms and attack the First Amendment. I understand, Jen, that every, every right we enjoy under the First Amendment has been assaulted over the last year by the Democrats. And there are still places today in America where a full congregation can't meet on a Sunday morning. I spoke to a group of Republicans, the New Mexico Republican Party, a few months back, but I had to speak to them in Texas because they had to go to Texas for their right to assemble because their crazy Democrat governor wouldn't let them get together. So this has been an attack on the First Amendment all, all, all throughout this. Um, and I assume Mr. Biden will place more restrictions on our liberties today. It's wrong. The American people know it's wrong. And the courts relative to the vaccine mandate are making the right decision, talking about the unconstitutional uh, uh, these unconstitutional orders coming from Joe Biden's administration. What should we be doing then, Congressman, since there's so much unknown about the Omicron variant? And, and one thing Fauci did explain yesterday was that because there is so much unknown, they wanted to take steps to try and be preventative in this, in this new world that we're in right now with all these new variants. Use the common sense we've used throughout this. I mean, we, we've had our freedoms restricted for 18 months. We've got to remember this. Bill Barr said this two years ago at the start of this, uh, this virus. He said the Constitution is not suspended during a crisis. And aim into that. In fact, I would argue that's when it's most important. So, yeah, let's use common sense. Let's treat this virus as a, as a serious thing that it is. We've certainly done that.
let's it let's also respect our constitution and in particular the first amendment and not have these ridiculous lockdowns and these mandates placed on the american people they're going to harm the, it's a, it's a violation of fundamental liberty but it also harms our overall ec uh, economic growth with with what they're doing to to employers um the mandates on employees congressman jim jordan always great to talk to you we appreciate you joining us this morning have a great one you bet thank you You're listening to our weekly podcast, The National Desk Conversations, featuring newsmaker interviews from The National Desk, America's News Now. Next on Episode 7 of our podcast, Florida Congressman Byron Donalds. Madam Chair, the President of the United States has never worked in our economy. Those are facts. That's not about decorum. That's the truth of the matter. He has never worked a day in our economy. He's always worked in Washington, D.C. To point out that fact and to illustrate the fact that we're talking about major economic policies that do impact the 31 million, million small business owners in our country, it's not about decorum. I didn't trash the man. You're saying speaking facts. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds during that heated exchange on Capitol Hill going viral as he questioned the president's experience when it comes to the economy. Congressman Donalds joining us this morning. Good morning to you. Now, on the flip side, you have had a job in finance and you are currently on the House Budget and Small Business Committees as well as the Committee on Oversight and Reform. Can you touch on, Congressman, what's happening when it comes to discussions on inflation, especially in regards to Build Back Better? With respect to is Congress actually having those conversations? No. Uh, what's, where those conversations are being held is, frankly, in media, maybe in the White House. I'm not sure. Uh, but the only thing Congress is even looking at right now is trying to figure out how we're going to keep the government open past Friday. Other than that, Congress is only holding hearings on January 6th. There are no other hearings being held on the House side of the Capitol. Um, and that's probably what's most frustrating is because the majority party right now and the president, they're more focused on accomplishing their agenda and not the impacts of their policies on inflation and on small businesses in our country. So, Congressman, no conversations on inflation at all with lawmakers? Nope. Not happening. All right. How do you foresee this Build Back Better agenda specifically impacting small business owners? Well, number one, in here you have a massive uh, increase in energy energy costs through taxation of methane and also with a lot of this move towards solar energy and, and wind energy. Um, you heard uh, Don Kerry, the, the climate envoy, wanting to unwind coal power plants. Well, listen, we get our power in the United States from coal and natural gas. You have the president who wants to unwind more pipelines, not less. He wants to increase the, the fees on on uh, on oil uh, exploration on federal lands. All these things are going to have real implications on energy markets. They're going to have major implications for small businesses. The Build Back Better plan is not a very good plan at all. It's only going to make things worse, not better. And speaking of energy, we've already got you know record high prices at, at the pump right now. The grocery store, we're expecting insurance premiums to go up. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said this is not transitory. So, Congressman, how long do you think we're going to have to deal with inflation? And if Democrats can get this climate and social spending bill pushed through, what should we all be prepared for? I think it's going to last well into next year. I disagree with Jay Powell on that. And on, when you talk about the social spending aspects of this bill, when you put in um, an extended child tax credit, which gives people $300 per child, um, that makes people create an economic decision. Am I going to work a five additional hours at my job or am I going to go home and spend time with my kids because the federal government is giving me money? This is going to have repercussions through the entire economy. It costs us one and a half to two million jobs. 
that what that means is you have people not working as many hours, but they have the money to go buy products and goods and services, and the prices are going to go up. So this is the problem with what Joe Biden wants to do. I think if this plan gets through, it's going to make matters worse. And that's going to last well through into next year. Congressman, I want to ask you about the story that I saw in the Washington Times. They are reporting billions of dollars of coronavirus unemployment dollars was part of fraud schemes connected to China, Russia, and other countries. In fact, they're quoted here as $175 billion going overseas. Now, since the reports, lawmakers have called for an investigation. We've got uh, Representative James Comer, Kentucky, blaming Democrats for this. He said, quote, for nearly a year, I've sounded the alarm about massive fraud and pandemic unemployment benefits, but oversight committee Democrats have refused to hold a single hearing on this gross mismanagement of taxpayer dollars. Congressman, how does something like this happen? It happens because Washington is just shoveling money out the door with no idea, no consequence, no real controls. Everything is on the honor system, as opposed to people having to actually prove that they're out of work because of the pandemic. Listen, we should, never should have went to extended federal unemployment benefits um, from back in February when Joe Biden put it in his American Rescue Plan, which is also one of the things that's exacerbated our inflation issues. Now we know what we already assumed back then that there was massive fraud with these dollars going out. They've, the systems have been hacked, frankly, from overseas. So you have people in Russia and in China who have taken those funds from the American people, from the United States Treasury. We should be doing a full stop on all extended spending, and we need to evaluate everything that's going on. And frankly, we don't even need to be here. Our economy is ready to get back to work. People can get back to work. But if you're going to continually send massive amounts of money out of Washington, D.C., Two people, there are people who are going to take advantage of it. That's what's happening. Yeah, and let's talk about this from a national security perspective. Uh, talk a little bit and touch on some of the concerns you have in regards to China and Russia having access to American money and systems so easily. Oh, I have massive concern because if it's so easy for them to hack these systems, what other systems are they not hacking? We have a serious problem that we have to contend with. China is not our friend, they are our adversary. We have to treat them as such. Russia is not our friend, they're our adversary. We have to treat them as such. Instead of being so caught up in these internal political fights here at home, we need to be focused on the fact that the Chinese and the Russians are on the move on the world stage. And instead of us paying attention to what they're doing, we're busy fighting amongst ourselves on Capitol Hill. It makes no sense from a national security perspective or from an American perspective with respect to our people being able to thrive and prosper in the United States better than anywhere in the world. All right, very quickly, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently announced a plan to provide bonuses and salary increases for state and local law enforcement officers. You're a huge advocate of this. Tell me why this is so important. I think it's a great for our state in, uh, in Florida because it shows that we value law enforcement. Too many officers in too many states across the country, um, frankly, have been, um, have been just ignored. Uh, they've been taken advantage of. Um, they've been based, their morale is extremely low. Many of them are leaving the force. And then you have the situation where Joe Biden wants them all to vaccinate, and they're just saying, no, we're not going to do it. So our governor, Ron DeSantis, coming in and saying, look, we're going to give you a pay raise if you come to Florida and work in Florida because we value you. We want safe streets. We want safe communities. That's how people of all stripes, all walks of life can actually be safe, engage in our economy, get educated, and live the American dream. It's the right move, and I applaud our governor for doing it. Congressman Donalds, great to see you. Thanks for joining us here on the National Desk. No, it's good to be with you. Thank you.
That's episode seven of the National Desk Conversations. Join me each weekday morning from 6 to 11 Eastern for the National Desk, America's News Now. Check your local listings or you can stream it on our website, thenationaldesk.com. Our podcast comes out twice a week with fresh newsmaker interviews. The conversation continues. Until next time, from the National Desk, I'm Jan Jeffcoat.